This is a wee story from Germany. It's from the Brothers Grimm, and it's called the Queen Bee. Now, there was once a king who had three sons, three princes. The two oldest boys, well, they were very much like each other. They liked fine clothes and fancy food. They liked parties. They liked to be the center of attention. They were regarded, though, as being very, very clever. They were very smart young men, but frivolous. They liked the good things in life. The youngest son, however, was very quiet, shy, withdrawn, and his brothers teased him and mocked him, and they called him a simpleton and a fool. Now, he wasn't as clever as his brothers, but he had a good heart. Now, one day they decided to go for a walk in the woods, just the three brothers. So they set off, and they're walking through the woods, and they come across an ant's nest, a wee ant hill. And the oldest brother says, Let's kick over the ant hill. That'll be fun. We can watch all the little ants running around terrified and trying to carry their eggs to safety. Oh, yes, said the middle brother. Oh, that'll be a good laugh. Yeah, let's do that. But the youngest said, No, no, you mustn't do that. That's terrible. Those poor little things, I couldn't bear it to think of them being so frightened and terrified. That would be a terrible, wicked thing to do. Oh, okay then, said the older brothers, and off they went, walked further, and they came to a beautiful lake. And in the lake there was lots and lots of ducks playing and splashing about and quacking and having a great time. Now, the middle, the middle brother said, Why don't we try and catch some of those ducks and kill them? We could roast them and have a nice roast duck supper. Ooh, roast duck, said the oldest brother. Ooh, I love the idea. That, yeah, let's get, I'm sure we'll be able to get a few. Well, the youngest son said, No, you mustn't. That would be awful. Poor things, don't kill them. That would be a terrible thing to do. Look how much fun they're having, splashing about and quacking. No, you mustn't. No. Right then, so off they went, leaving the ducks in peace. And then they came to a tree, and they could see that a good way up the tree there was a hole in it, and there was lots of bees buzzing in and out of the hole. And these bees had been so busy, they had made so much honey, that the honey was running down the trunk. There was so much of it, it was overspilling from the tree. Let's set fire to the bottom of the tree, said the son, the middle brother. Yes, said the others. They looked at each other and they said, Mmm, honey, yes, we must get some of that honey. We could build the fire and then we could cover it with damp leaves and damp twigs so that it produces a lot of smoke and then that'll suffocate the bees. And once they're dead, we can help ourselves to the honey. No! said the youngest, and you mustn't do that, that's terrible, killing a whole colony of bees just to get some honey, no, you can't do that, that's wicked, that's wrong, I won't let you harm the poor little creatures. Oh, oh well, so they went on anyway. Now, as they walked, 
They came to a place that, well, they'd never been there before. But there was a castle. A wonderful big castle. And they found that it had a stable outside. And in the stable, there were statues of horses standing in the stalls. There were statues of men around as well. Strange, they thought. So they went up and they discovered that the door of the castle was open. So they walked in and they walked around the rooms, but they couldn't find anyone. It was if there was anything. There was just the old statue here and there, but there was no people. Now they came to a door that had three locks on it. And the door had a window in it, so they were able to look through, and they saw an old man sitting at a table, eating a lovely feast. So they knocked at the door, but the old man didn't hear them. They knocked a second time. The old man didn't hear them. They knocked a third time, and this time the old man noticed them, and he got up and he unlocked the three locks, and he opened the door, and he gestured to them to go inside. But he never spoke a word. He put food down in front of them so that they had a wonderful feed. And then they were taken upstairs and they were shown their bedrooms and they had lovely, soft, comfortable beds to sleep in that night. Now the next morning when they got up, the strange old silent man beckoned to the oldest son to come with him and he led him into a room that had a table with a stone top. And in the stone was carved three sentences, and the old man pointed to the first one, and it said that if anyone, that there was a, a king who had a daughter, and her daughter had broken her necklace in the woods, and a thousand perils were scattered and lost among the moss and the leaves, and if any man could find all thousand perils before sunset, it would lift the enchantment that was on the castle. Well, the oldest brother thought that he would try this, so he went to the place in the woods where the necklace had been lost, and he started to scratch and search around among the leaves and the moss, and he found a peril, and he found another one, and another. Oh, he was happy with this. But the problem was, that sentence had finished by saying that if he wasn't successful, before sunset he would be turned to stone. Well, he searched and he searched, but he only found about a hundred perils, not the thousand that were missing, and when the sun set, he turned to stone. Now the old man beckoned to the second brother, and he summoned him forward as well, and he showed him the same table, and he showed him the same sentence, that if he could go into the forest and found, find the princess's lost perils, all one thousand of them, then an enchantment on the castle would be lifted. And if he didn't do it before sunset, then he would be turned to stone. Now, he decided to leave earlier than his brother did, and he went during the night, so he had all night to work on, as well as all the next day. But at sunset on that second day, he'd only found about 200 perils. 
and when the sun set, he turned to stone. Now on the third day, the old silent man beckoned to the youngest's brother to come in and read the, what was written on the table. And he saw this, and his heart sank, because he thought, I can't do this. There's no way I would be able to find a thousand perils. But then he knew that if he did, then the enchantment would be lifted. So he thought he should try. So he went down into the forest to the place where the, the perils had been lost, and he started to scratch around, and he found one or two, but that was about it. And he sat down on a stone, and he started to cry. He cried, and he cried, and he cried. He thought, this is hopeless. I'll be turned to stone. I can see my brother standing here. There are statues now as well, and I'll be a statue too. And as he cried... He saw something moving among the leaves, heading towards him, and when he looked, it was an ant. It wasn't just any old ant. It was the king of the ants that lived in the ant hill that he had spared from being destroyed by his brothers. And the ant came with about five thousand of his followers, and they swarmed all over that piece of ground. They crawled under leaves, they went through moss, and they found pearl after pearl, until in the end, after a very short time, they had all one thousand pearls brought back and piled up in a heap before the young prince. Now, before they even, he even had time to say thank you to them, the ants just turned around and trotted back to their, to their anthill. They had repaid him his kindness in sparing them and stopping his brothers from destroying their home. So he brought the perils back to the old man, and the old man was happy. But then he pointed to the second sentence, and it said that the key to the princess's bedchamber, had been thrown into the lake, and unless he could bring the key back before sunset, he would be turned to stone. Well, the young prince went down to the lake, and there were all the ducks all quacking and laughing, having a great time splashing about in the water. And he saw how big the lake was and how deep it was, and he started to cry. And the duck came forward to him and he said, Why are you crying? So he told them he had to find the key to the princess's bedchamber, which had been thrown into the lake. Now is that all? quacked the duck. And it went back and it told the other ducks, and they all started to dive. They dived down to the bottom of the lake, and sure enough, one came up with a key in its bill, and it was so pleased. It came rushing forward, swimming and flapping away on the surface of the water up to the prince, and dropped the key in front of his feet, and then went off with a happy quack, as if to say, Thank you, you spared our lives, you stopped your brothers from killing us and eating us, and here we have repaid you. So, he brought the key back and he gave it to the old silent man. Now the next day, the old man brought him back to the table and he pointed to the third sentence. 
And it said, if he was able to go into the princess's bedchamber, he would see the king's three daughters lying asleep. Now he had to waken up the youngest, the youngest who was the most beautiful and the most beloved of the king and queen. And if he could wake her up, the enchantment on the castle would be broken, and everything that had been turned to stone would be turned back to its normal form. Well, he took the key that the ducks had found, and he went up to this room, to the door, and he unlocked it, and he opened the door, and there was the princess's bedchamber, and there was three princesses lying fast asleep on three beds. Now, the only difference between them, because there was enchantment on them, remember, they all looked exactly the same. But the eldest daughter, the eldest princess, she had eaten some barley sugar before she went to sleep. And the middle princess had eaten a little syrup. And the youngest princess had had a teaspoon of honey but they were made to look exactly the same. Which one was the youngest? He couldn't say, well, it was the most beautiful, because they all looked the same. They were identical. And the boy didn't know what to do about this, and the tears were streaming down his face again. He thought, well, I'm going to be turned to stone for sure. I have a one in three chance, but if I get it wrong, then I will be turned into a statue as well. When suddenly there was a buzzing, and he looked around, and he saw a bee, a very large bee, come flying into the room. Now, this was no ordinary bee, mind you. This was the queen bee, the queen of the bees that were in that colony, full of honey, that the boy had stopped his brothers from smoking out and killing the bees. And she had come to help now this time. And she flew to the mouth of one of the princesses, and had a little sniff, and thought, hmm, body sugar. She flew to the second one, and had a little sniff, and went, hmm, syrup. And then flew to the third one, and had a sniff, and went, oh yes, honey, honey, there's honey on this girl's breath. And she stayed sitting on the princess's mouth, until the boy realized that this was the girl. And he went over, and very gently he shook her, and woke her up, and her eyes opened, and as she did, the spell was broken, and all the people and all the animals that had been turned to stone were now back in their normal form, back being alive again, including his two brothers who came up to the castle and who hugged him, and who for the first time in their lives didn't call him stupid, but called him clever. And so the king was so delighted that the curse on the castle had been lifted, this enchantment had been broken, that he gave his youngest daughter in marriage to the young prince, and after he died they inherited the kingdom and ruled after him. And the other two brothers they married the other two princesses, and they all lived happily for the rest of their days.